ages past, in a world called Spanth, the land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call... of Dragon Town. Hello and welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Ah. <laughs> An original Dungeons and Dragons adventure and a fully immersive VR experience if you drop acid about an hour right before hitting play. Dope. I am Jamie, your host and game master. Ooh. Fuck you. And to I the video box to my Jamie. left, we have Whiskers. Donatello. Whiskers. Rodri Miller Swiftheads. Groban Dornapple. Gallivan Oredis. Yes. And Jared, please hit us with that recap. This time on MQBD. The gods are at war. Is it because of the quest boys? Yeah, I, I would say yes. Probably yes. Yeah. Osmai showed up, showed face, said what's up, thanked the heroes, of course. And then the heroes desperately searched for a way out of the crumbling spire. Just as it seemed hopeless, Extractor Piero played a little tune on the ocarina and called The Guardian, a massive three-story blackbird that flew our glorious squad back to the spire of the Whispering Winds. Elijah, the new god of dreams, was pretty mopey and decided to leave and go see nature or something. Then, Orion came running up and insisted that Augur Corvida had gone mad and was killing the monks and turning them into a bird-headed monster army. The boys rushed up to the top of the tower, only to find Augur Corvida gagged and bound. Released from her gag, she told them that the Hierophant Orion is indeed the traitor, and foolishly the quest boys left Penn down there with him. Thinking quickly, Galvin had the team jump down the lift shaft and used his new magic to float everyone 16 stories down, like feathers. Back at the bottom, the gang found Piero and Virgil almost frozen in time. They followed Orion, who ran for an abandoned tower. When they entered, Orion had Penn lying on an altar. He raised the dagger and brought it down into her chest, but before it made contact, the dagger was blocked by a figure in a white robe, hovering on white birds. The Oracle. Yes, this is what they used to call me, the Oracle. Well, I am Oracle the White. Ooh. Oh. Jared, are you playing the Oracle from now on? Yeah, wait, what? I mean, (laughs) the closer I can get to Gandalf, the better. (laughs) Very cool. Thank you for that. That was amazing. We do rejoin the party as we see standing in this magnificent circular first floor chamber of this abandoned spire. Outside, a magical storm takes place. Hail beats down on the spire walls with a steady thumping and thunder and lightning positively bombard the sky. Crobin, Galavan holding Rondri, and Whiskers holding Augur Corvida stand in the entryway to this spire chamber, staring up as the Hierophant Orion holds his empty hand in the air, a look of shock on his face as he thrust it, had, had just previously thrust it with downward momentum to find no dagger in his hand. And descending to the ground gracefully behind them, as if from a John Woo film. The Birdman, the Oracle, descends from the sky. He has few changes about him now. He 
He has eyes that are now have gold irises, long white robes finished with a fine amber trim, no more patchy wisps of hair. Now he has one shining clean bulb spot on the top of his head with long, luxurious white hair that falls from the sides and down the back. He has a golden diadem that sits atop his pate, ending in a mystical golden eye that rests in the center of his forehead, and a long, bushy white beard. And as he descends, these white crows flocking around him in a, in a tornado as they bring him down gently, lowering him as they clasp onto his robes, like lowering him majestically from the sky. His robes lift a tiny bit, and you see that his tidy-whities have been replaced with silk tidy-whities. <laughs> what? <laughs> as the oracle descends majestically, touching down on the ground, his robes fall over him. There is a clatter. Cling, 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 cling. As the dagger of the Hierophant Orion drops from one of the white crow's mouths, their little beaks, onto the stone floor. And Augur Corvida from Whiskers Back goes, Right on time. The room stands there in shock as the oracle touches down. You all gaze up at him standing there. He holds his arms out to you all in a gesture of friendship. Group hug! Sorry to have worried you. Oracle, you're back. But I'm back. Yes. Yes, I am. And as you all hear from behind you, the sound of, of slight shifting feet, and as you look back, half a dozen spire monks have poured through the door at the top of the mezzanine from behind the Hierophant Orion and are filing down the sloping ramps. And from behind you, from behind the Oracle, three monks run up that you recognize. Berga Fleetfeet wearing her big old bicorn hat, and Brother Cygnus and Sister Volana, who you met, who were working the door when you first showed up. They run up to you, and Hierophant Orion yells, These ones right here! These are the ones responsible for awakening the third Horologan, the Kronos! They are the ones responsible for dooming the world to oblivion! How do you answer for these crimes? I take out the gavel and I say, Not guilty, buddy boy. (laughs) I'm Uh, pretty sure we did all of those things. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that too. They lie! (laughs) You can read it plain as day on their faces. We were tricked by this man, and I point right at the Hierophant. He's the real bugger. I made you do nothing. Berga Fleetfeet speaks up, and she says, Look, Hierophant Orion, harbinger of the end of the world or not, what you're doing is wrong. She is a child. And Hierophant Orion responds, Oh, really, Berga? You're going to try and play that card. You're going to judge me from where you stand after what you've done. The lies you've told to the good people of Goat's Gate and to your friends standing around you. How dare you? And as he says this, Berga kind of looks off, looking very ashamed of herself. Go ahead, Berga. Why don't you tell your friends what you did? What is it, Berga? You can tell us. And then you see, she looks up, and Shevin's standing there with his meaty forearms, all hairy and stuff, quivering, <laughs> waiting for the news. Berga, don't worry. 
you're our friend. Seeing Chevin makes it even harder for Berga. She she kind of seems to be really hit with a powerful wave of emotion as she sees Chevin, and she looks to him trembling. Well, you see, I I, I, I didn't mean to, okay? Like... If you don't want I'm, to tell us, it's uh, fine. No, no, no. I, I have to say it. I have to say it now. Okay. I was sent to Goatsgate. The Hierophant, he told me that he had a vision, that there would come a group of travelers, ones who should not be shunned from the spire, for their coming would deliver us monks. And to determine their identity, they would have to pass a test. An ancient monster would take up resident in the mountains. Whichever group of warriors would be able to best the beast would be the foretold travelers. And there would be a small one, pure of heart with them. And I should make sure that she came too, for they would be the most important of them all. Are you talking about me? I'm small and pure of heart. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the girl. Oh. I mean, you're small, but you're weird. I mean... (laughs) You're not weird, but you, I mean, you guys, are, he's weird, right? We agree with you, he's yes. Pretty, yeah, Rondry's weird. I mean, he's a weird kid. This can't be. Look, Rondry, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, while he was definitely a beast of terrible power, the boar blood swine never attacked anyone until I started leading people up there with the lie that the monks needed food or else they would starve. Our monastery is self-sustaining. We have a garden and we, we don't need to make trips down to town for food. But then I convinced it's... people that it was attacking others and that it needed to be killed. So I led group after group of would-be monster hunters up there to their deaths. But I can never forgive myself for what I've done. That is that is pretty bad. Oh, don't you well... think I know that, Chevin? I have to say, you did it for the Hierophant, did you not? I did. It doesn't change anything. I still chose to do it. While uh, Berger was talking, I would have liked to break Corvida's bonds so she is untied. Yeah, she Aww. she is like, while, while all this is happening, Corvida's like whispering in, your, whispering in your ear, like, put me down, please. Please take me off my bonds, please. Would you mind? Like, I'm like, yes, yeah. no. And no, so you do. And then no, I uh, the, turn around the, and I'm going to... Hold off. Like, leave her there for, you know, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, oh, creepy. <laughs> Whiskers is going to turn to the Hierophant and stick the gavel towards him. He's like, Hierophant, you are a dick. And <laughs> <laughs> that got me so I find you guilty on all accounts. You've been tricking everyone here, trying to get them to do your own will. You've tricked us, and now you're going to pay for it. Do you have any last words? Prepare to be crushed by the hands of fate of the spire of the whispering winds. Get them! What was that? Whispering winds? (laughs) Whispering winds, yes! I'm going to whistle, like, you know, with my acorn. And I'm going to go, Jordo! Gevnin! Tongi! Come join us! (laughs) Such a jerk. You remember see those guys? Yeah, yeah I do remember definitely. those guys. Yes, I do. You see that those monks, they are descending the uh, the ramps, the like circular rounded ramps towards you all. And as all of these monks descend towards you, all of them pull out these crow masks that cover just the top half of their heads. 
like those kind of um what do they call masquerade ball kind like of masks the orgy masks mm-hmm. yeah kind of like those except the eyes are opaque so you can't see through them and as you call their names they just stare down at you chevin with hard eyes but roll a persuasion check please as they bring the masks up to cover their eyes 14 okay they just stare down at you with a look they're clearly conflicted but they put the masks up over their face and they tie it behind their heads and the monks take up fighting position and as they take a fighting position at you all they draw these hand weapons these claws that kind of they grip in their fists that extend out kind of like wolverine's claws and they take these bird-like martial arts stances at you all please roll for initiative oh shit i wanted to do something i wanted to mage hand that dagger over to me Mm. oh nice the dagger's just sitting on the floor you want to mage hand it to who to me if it's on the floor I'll, I'll oh it. yeah you can pick it i'm gonna say you can just yeah it's at your okay. feet well you can just okay, pick cool. it up cool, cool, cool. poor logan fucking wolverine you really watched x-men before you did this huh mm. Dude, yeah is there a horror logan in, in logan in, uh, bro x-men logan, logan wolverine a, lo- a horror logan yeah that's true and jamie just for clarification there are six monks enemy monks and there are one higher there are six correct amundo thunder crashes outside as the two sides prepare to clash in battle. And let me describe the room you are all in one more time Mm. as lightning Mm -hmm. kind of lights up the interior so you all can see it. It is a grand circular chamber, about 90 feet, what is it, radius, I guess. Because it's 90 feet by 90 feet, that would be the radius? Yeah? So the room is 180. Math people? Nope, okay, 90 feet diameter. Diameter, diameter. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I don't know the answer. No, I mean, I I don't, that's what I'm saying. Why would you ask? Well, I know one of you guys is a math nerd. Um, (laughs) Radius is half the diameter. (laughs) Radius is half the diameter. Cool, cool, cool. So if radius is half the diameter, then the diameter, we're going to start this description over too. (laughs) (laughs) You're afraid your math teacher might be listening? (laughs) No, just, uh, I'm afraid, yeah, I'm afraid my math teacher might be listening and still turned off the podcast because it was so fucking boring. Um, (laughs) You're a math teacher. This stays. <laughs> Damn it, now it kind of has to. Lightning lights up the interior of the room you stand in. A grand circular chamber, 90 feet in diameter. Two long stairwells hug the sides that curve up to a second floor mezzanine that overlooks the northern side of the room. You all are on the southern side. Far above the mezzanine is a large circular stained glass window depicting veil dissolving into crows. And directly ahead, on the ground level, you see a large set of double doors under the mezzanine, as well as an identical pair of double doors directly above it on the mezzanine, in front of which is the platform that juts out that the Hierophant Orion now stands on over Penn's limp body. We are going to start with our number one fancy boy, Crobin. Okay, so where where are all of the uh, monks? Uh, so the monks are lining the ramps. They are basically they are basically kind of spaced out a little ways uh, along the ramps on the left and the right hand side. And we're at the beginning, the, the, the bottom part of the circle, let's say. Yes, you are on the southern side, and uh, everything else, the other exits are on the northern side. Krobe is just going to run the gauntlet. He just starts a sprinting. That's what I was hoping for. Down the fucking gunnel. So you're going the gunnel. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I get it. It's a um. It's that military term where you like cut the corners, right? 
Oh, that's slicing no. the pie. Oh, man. David, oh, David, you, you rascal. So you are going so, down the gunnel straight ahead towards the double doors on the ground floor? Yeah, dude. What else can I do? That's um, all you can And do. I'm going to use my dash Literally. and my cunning action as well to also dash. All right. So double dash. you have to cover 90 feet. And you I run 30 feet with your movement. You dash with your cunning action, bonus action. And then, as you go to use your action to dash, your scar that you maintained during the gargoyle fight, the one that gets really painful in inclement weather, lightning flashes outside and hail barrages the spire, and your scar swells with pain, searing into your skin. Please roll a constitution saving throw. 30. That's going to be a big old 11. Krobit, as you're sprinting across this room, you almost get to your destination and your scar starts burning and it burns so badly, you double over with pain, clutching it in your hands. And you lose your action and can't use reactions until the start of your next turn. Man, it burns, burns, burns. The Let it burn. Gar? The okay. scar of gargoyle. This was a lingering injury that you got gargoyle. during the, uh, the gargoyle fight. Damn. Yeah, came back. Chevin yeah! <laughs> screams out. Wait, wait, can you do that in a Chevin voice? Was that not a Chevin voice? All right, I'll get it better. Go dang! There we go. <laughs> I, don't, I can't tell if it's a Chevin voice if it doesn't have a dang on it. <laughs> Excellent. Gallivan, it is your turn. What oh. do you do? Crobin has dashed across the room. Oh, uh, Lumen, I could use your help. And I'll um, carve a uh, sickle into the sky. Above me, Ooh. or above the nearest monk, within 60 feet, mm-hmm. and attack them. That probably doesn't hit. That's a seven. Mm, yeah, unfortunately, that does not hit. The sickle yeah. slices through the air, but the monk nimbly dodges out of the way and lets out a. <laughs> Alright, then I'm gonna cast on that one Eldritch Blast. I can do that. It's a cantrip. That's true, it is. And what does it look like when you uh, begin casting this? Um, well, it's, it's I grab the periapt of the fates, mm-hmm. and um, I'll tap my staff once, and like a little like candle flame comes out of my staff, and then I like. In them, it. that candle flame immediately is snuffed out. The lightning strikes, and you look up to the big stained glass window of uh-huh. Veil. Vale, and you see it transform before your eyes, Galavin, something which nobody else sees. And you see it transform into the form of the fate in her horrible bird form. Or actually, no, it's in her old lady form, the fate Moiropa. And you see her, it, it animates as she looks down upon you and she goes, Oh, Galavin, oh, I'm sorry. I can't let you do that. Uh, not against one of our own. Uh, I'm afraid none of that's going to work. <laughs> and it just fades out, echoing. Nasty trick, nasty trick, big bird. Anything else? No, that's it. I mean, I'm going to back up. If, if no one's next to me, I'm going to back up to the... There's people behind us too, right? Yeah, you got some monks, some monks who are clearly on your side. Oh, like, okay. Around you, yeah. I'll back up behind some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Berga, Berga Fleetfoot and uh, Sister Valana and Brother Cygnus are like, they are doing the same, where they're like, you know, uh, taking a martial oh, stance. Oh, cool. So we got you. our crew. 
Yeah, you got a little monk crew. Is Gidnevin in there? Gidnevin no, is not. He, no, he didn't. He didn't come. <laughs> no, no, there. He's one of the the baddies on the ramps. Right. All right. Shit. Rondri, you are in Galavin's arms, I believe. What do uh, you do? That is correct. How far away is the uh, the one that uh, he did the sickle on? The one he did the sickle on is about forty-five feet. But then away. he backed up. How much? Probably Galvin? just like 10, 15 10 feet. Okay, some... cool. Yeah. So I can still shoot him. <laughs> that's an at one. Oh, no. That was going well for us. All right. That's, that's oh, uh, uh, a great start. I'm going to replace that. Oh! With an eight. Oh. Crobin, you have a flash where suddenly you see in your mind Rondri's gun exploding, taking him and Gallivant off their feet and hitting the back against the back of the chamber and just just exploding in their face. They are Grandry has lost an arm. Galavin is, oh. is like missing both of his eyes. It's fucking horrible. And then Final Destination style, you come back and Rondri's gun goes off without a hitch. Cool. Nice. Goes off with a bang, That's you could say. gonna <laughs> boom. We'll Let's see, what did, what did you roll? It goes off, and it does go off with a bang. But unfortunately, the monk you're aiming at, it smashes into the wall beside him as he nimbly does a little uh, hop, skip, and a jump out of the way. Bonus action reload. There we go. It is the monk's turn. They all stand and continue to ready. <laughs> they just continue to stare all of you down and kind of start scratching their claws together in some sort of, clearly this is some sort of like weird monk training thing that they do, some sort of ritualistic intimidation tactic. So they start sk- 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 scratching their little claws together. And Orion, the Hierophant, turns to all of you. He, he, he lowers his fists from the sky and he looks to all of you, confident, with a big, shit-eating grin. And he says, The end is indeed nigh. You want your world, Razor? Take her. She was always the fate's little puppet anyway. And now that they've fulfilled their end of the bargain, my master has far bigger plans. And you see, coming through, there is something beneath the skin of his face that is squirming and pushing out sharply to try and escape through his face from the inside. And he takes his foot and he kicks Penn's body off the edge of the platform. Wrong choice. And it's going to fall quite a distance. Uh, Um, Can I cast a feather fall on that there? You sure can. Yeah, that there falling body. I will. I'll Absolutely. use my reaction. Nice. Ooh, how f- how far back did you move, Galvin? I mean, I, I don't know ask. how far we mo- we were moved in. I imagine. Yeah, the platform is fifteen feet into the room, so the platform's okay. at a cool seventy-five away from you when you started your turn. Okay. You're gonna close the distance. Well, how far did you move on your turn in? No, I'm saying I'm gonna use a font or... of magic sorcery point to double the range of Featherfall. Oh, you know what? I'm going to allow that. I don't know if you can do that as a, huge. as a reaction, awesome. but I'm going to say whenever you absolutely. Cast a spell. Oh, perfect. So, Galavin, you dig deep into your magical reserve, your magical font, if you will, and extend the length of the spell, and Penn's body starts to fall swiftly and then starts to tumble limp as if in zero G through the air as she just gently descends to the ground. How far did she fall? She was going to be falling 30, 35 feet to the ground. Ooh. Yeah. Orion does this. 
and then turns around and immediately bolts for the door behind him and opens the double doors and runs through and shuts them behind him. Pen, no. That's what I'll say when I cast that. Nice. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) The Oracle is going to extend his now all-white staff out in the direction of the monks on the left side, and he is going to shoot a white, radiant light, streaks through the air, uh, moving swiftly, and turns into a white crow for a second, and then reforms, and then blasts into this the first monk against the wall, blasting it up against the wall, and causing it to explode in a burst of white light, just disintegrating him entirely. Damn. And Whiskers, it is your turn. Real quick for me. So the room is 90 feet long. There are monks on either side, but I can run straight down the middle to without getting in the monk's way and get to the where the Hierophant was. Correct. Essentially. Okay. Correct. Yes. I turn around to the others and I say, should I chase him? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Pen. Pen is lying now in the middle of the in the middle of the room. Cock it. I'll uh, run up to the closest monk. That would be on the right-hand side ramp. Cool, and I'm going to bash his face with the blunt end of my sword. You do. You rush up to him. Roll to hit. Natural 20. <laughs> so. Very nice. Um, Yeah, that go. hits. 18 bludgeoning damage, non-lethal. Uh, uh, actually, as you arrive to him, he's going to make his readied attack on you first. Good luck. I almost forgot about that. He... He's gonna... Actually, he's good. He got a 22. Whiskers, as you come up to him, you raise back your sword, the gavel, as high as it'll go, and before you can bring it down, he scratch... He, like, lunges and scratches you right across your face uh, with these talons for three slashing damage. Then you bring your sword down on top of his head and, poof, knock him right out. I don't mind breaking his nose, though, and his jaw. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you can do that. (laughs) Nice. You do. And I look in the eyes of the next one and I say, let me through. Uh, You better do what he says. I swear on my sweet little butthole, a natural 20. Yes. What? Sweet little butthole. Oh, shit. I am pissed, Uh, baby. What are the insane names of the monks again? Gevnanen, Prongo, Jablin, (laughs) and Krampa. Oh, I like Krampa. <laughs> I, I, may, I know you're making different. them up, but those that's are what different. they are now. Yevnanin, <laughs> Prongo, jab, Jabalin, which is so close to Javelin, and Krampa. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, Whiskers, you just knocked Kramp, you just knocked Gevinin unconscious. And the one you're looking at now is Krampa. <laughs> I can't with these fucking names. Uh, they're amazing. Um, Krampa looks at you. He takes the mask off and he stares at you wide-eyed. And Krampa throws the mask down and throws his claws down and just gets down into a deep like bow on his knees. Yes. I pat nice. his head. I said, that's, that's a good Krampa. Good Krampa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Cool. So you have no, that's all the movement you have, uh, I believe, for this turn. But well done. All right, Crobin, back to you. Crobin gets back up to his feet, and, oh, he sees... Nah, yeah, Crobin's going after him. 
Kroven gets up to his feet and sprints for those doors again. Yeah, absolutely. And you can make it there this time. Uh, Pen kind of landed like right next to you almost when she oh, when she fell. Did she? Okay, no, I'm not gonna run away from Pen if she floated down next to me. Sorry. Pretty much. She's like... A, she's like in between you and the door, basically. All right, then let's say as she's floating down, I'm using my movement to like just ke- catch her and cradle her out of the air. Awesome. I you got you, girl. She says nothing and... and she is unconscious. Oh, dang. <laughs> and I'm going to... Uh, God, I miss Chevin. Run away from those two doors instead, back to the entrance of the room, because I'm pretty sure we haven't seen the last of that bubbly-faced guy. Mm. Old bubble face. Not by a long shot. So, yeah, I'm booking it back through the gunnel, which I looked up and does not mean this. <laughs> Means um, nothing, in fact. <laughs> it's or a part does it of mean something? Like oh, is it? Oh, shit. Anyway, I'm running down the gunnel to the front doors, and if I see any monks blocking my path, I'm going to cut their faces right off their heads. Okay, the there way. are no monks in the gunnel, but let's see how far you make it. You were 30 feet away from the doors. You ran 15 there. You ran 15 back. Um, huh? So that's... I'm, I'm doing distance-wise. Why am I doing was, 15 and 15? Because the platform jutted out 15 feet from the doors, the double doors. That's where Penn fell. So Penn fell pretty much exactly 15 feet, like like in between you and the double doors. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So you ran 15 feet to Penn, grabbed her, 15 feet back. Got and it. then you were 60 feet into the room, right? Because you did a move. Got and it. A... Cool. So then you can move another 30 feet with your cunning action. And then you're 30 yeah. feet away from your friends. Do you want to try an action to dash? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Roll that con check. Is it saving throw or... Hold on. It's a saving throw. Yeah. I feel like there are no monks in the gunnel is like the code word for an orgy. (laughs) There are no monks in the gunnel. You're just horny right now. (laughs) It's the second time you brought up orgy. These these orgy masks (laughs) and like... I'm I'm not the one bringing it up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Jamie said both masks and (laughs) gunnel. Sure it is. So... You guys basically fed me the orgy lines. Yeah. <laughs> I've been tricked by Jamie. Duh. Yeah, that's true. Crobin, you the scar burns with agony, but you fight through it and manage. You remember, you look down at the sweet child, you know, his pen in your arms, cradled there so gently, and you make it back to your friends safely. And Augur Corvida uh, will hold out her arms. The Oracle will hold out her arms. You have your, your pick of people, friends, who will take her for you if you want. Burga. Berger will also do that. Berger, yeah, they're all right you. there. That's a good choice. Good, don't and let she gives me you, down. She gives you a nod. And she goes, I won't let you down, Jevin. You know I won't. I also picked you because I consider you to be the weakest fighter. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, What's up? okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thanks, I mean, Jevin. But also trust. I mean, considering the company, that's not exactly an insult. Right, yeah. Yeah. Right. As I break that dude's face. (laughs) (laughs) Blood sprays in the background. Excellent. Anything else, Crobin? I think that's all you can do, right? Yeah, that's all I can do. Galavan, what do you do? Okay. I'm going to swing that uh, sickle around. (laughs) Oh, that was almost a nat 20, but it's more of a 16. Yes, you you move it up to the next monk on the left side ramp, because the first one was destroyed by the... Oracle's guiding bolt. You move it up, and it was a 16, you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A 16 definitely takes him out. Okay. 
um, hits, and it does uh, 12 damage. Ma- no, 11 damage. Max damage. Nice. How do you kill him? Just, uh, or- just going to chop off the... I'm, I can't do non-lethal, so... I'm yeah, just gonna- uh, if you can tell me how you would do it's- it, I might allow it. Isn't it force damage? Yeah, it's force damage. Force is kind of like bludgeoning, in my opinion. Okay. I'll, I'll, if you just, I'll, yeah, if you can figure out a way to make it happen, I'll allow it. That's a good point. No, I'm just gonna chop off the chop off his legs at the <laughs> ankles. <laughs> at the ankles? Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Cool. It's just like it's just like it's up here, so he's like looking up, and then it swings down and just. Oh. The old ankles. look over here. Chop Jesus. off your feet. Bait and switch. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, you do. You do that, and the, while that monk is not necessarily unconscious, that monk has decided to stop fighting <laughs> because he has lost his feet, and he's just Aah! that was uh, that was definitely Prongo. Oh no! Oh, right. this Prongo. Wrong choice, Prongo. <laughs> uh, excellent. Anything else? Um, that was my bonus action. That so was. I will. Oh, I don't have that one anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually it. Because they're not letting me cast my Eldritch Blast. Yeah, that's it. Okay, right on. Rondri, you are in Galvin's arms. Uh, how far into the room are you, Galvin, just so we all know? 10, 15 feet in. What do you do? You're about 75 feet away, Rondri. Krobin's close to us again, though, right? Or Chevin. Yeah, yeah, Krobin, yeah, yeah right Chevin is right there. Yeah, I'm going to pull out a little white box and I'm going to throw it at Chevin and in the air it's going to start to like... Turn into this like kind of outer coating, and I'm casting Shield of Faith on you, so you have an AC of plus two AC. Height, thank you, nice. sir. And then uh, I'm going to I'm gonna shoot my thunder cannon. Yeah, there's only one monk left standing, right? Uh, there's two. There's one at the far at the top of the right ramp and the top of the left left ramp. But didn't Whiskers make the left? Right. Whiskers knocked one on the right side unconscious, and the next one he intimidated into submitting. So there's a third one at the top of the right ramp. Ah. There's three basically on each ramp. Okay. Um, then I'm going to shoot at the one that Whiskers, the ramp that he's not on. Yeah. Go the hit, baby. Ooh, baby. That's a 21. Ooh, baby. Um, yeah, that's going to hit. Roll for damage. Ooh, that's going to be a 10. Piercing damage. Ooh, yeah. You fire off with a resounding boom that competes with the thunder outside. (laughs) Shrapnel launches across the room, and this monk is just taken through the stomach by it, splattering up against the back wall, and eyes just bulge wide, and they just fall forward off the ramp, toppling to the ground with a Uh, thud. I I got it working again. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You want to be put down. You are awfully heavy. No, keep holding me. <laughs> Amazing. Can you be like facing me? And so, like, I turn around. You have to turn around for the fire. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Gallivan, your ears are ringing, by the way. Okay. Uh, excellent. Anything else, Rodri? Uh, no, that was my bonus action in action. All right. It is, there's one monk left. It's got to be Javelin at this point. So Javelin, (laughs) standing at the top of the ramp, just has its claws bared, uh, staring down at all of you. uh, You would imagine intimidated, then runs up the rest of the way and disappears behind the double doors as well, vanishing out of sight. That's right. Run, coward. And you all hear from a thunderous voice. 
behind the doors in the chamber to the north, Orion chanting, Old doom, a black and peerless pall hangs round thee and the future state. No eye may see, no mind may grasp that mystery of fate. He's like just calling this out from behind. Anyone who is proficient in Arcana, which I believe is you at least, Galvin. Yeah. Uh, this sounds like, and you, Roderick. Yeah, of course. Okay. That's David's why I said at least. Ended. I just didn't want <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you two both recognize this. That's a very good point. He's clearly chanting. Some, this is some sort of magical chant, possibly part of some sort of ritual. Oh, we need to get him. Can I the, tell what kind it is? No, you cannot. I would say this is unlike anything you've ever heard. I mean, the words he's saying are clearly some reference to Vale in some capacity, because uh, he's mentioned doom and fate and eyes and futures and all that. But uh, yeah, it's it's nothing you've ever heard before. I mean, I am proficient in religion. Okay, you know what? Because you have the book. Because you have the books yeah. and you check them out at the spire, that's the only way I think you would know this. Roll nice. a religion check, baby. Take a look, it's in a book. That's a seven. Yeah, you don't know. So, <laughs> glad we did this. The oracle extends his arms to all of you and says, It's so good to be back. I know you're all going to do great things. And as he says this, a white radiant light descends on all of you, and you are all blessed. Blessed. I love you, Oracle. And I love you. So just to get this straight, we have Heroes Feast, Bless, and Crobin has Shield of Faith. Correct him on up. This is a buffed party. Sorry, Bless, bless again? Bless is a D4 on everything? D4 on attack rolls and saving throws. Cool. And Whiskers, it is your turn. Uh, I see that there are no more monks in front of me that are going to fight me. So I'm going to jump down or... I'm going to go to the double doors. I'm going to start making my way to the double doors with Chavin. Okay. So, uh, you're going to the ones on the ground floor or the ones on the mezzanine? The ones that the Hierophant went through. Excellent. Those are the ones on the mezzanine, so you'll be running up the ramp. Uh, it'll take 90 feet of movement to make it there. I will use my feline agility and my dash as my action to get there. Nice. Whiskers takes the fuck off and r runs around the outside of the room, up the ramp, and up to the top of the double doors. And I'll stand- You arrive at the double doors Sorry. in front of you. I'll stand at the top there and I'll turn to everyone. I'll be like, let's go. The Hydrophant needs to be, you know, justices. Did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Damn, Amazing. that was good. That's, that's factually correct, <laughs> Just, sir. Justices, dude. <laughs> god damn, that's that sweet, sweet whiskers we all missed. Oh boy, that's excellent. I mean, Ch Chevin looks inspired. <laughs> he raises a meaty paw to the sky. Yeah, and whiskers raises the gavel, you know, above his head, like, fuck yeah! Very nice. Uh, Augur Corvida, at this point... She is going to uh, raise her hands to the air and spectral black crows begin to fly in a tornado around her as she casts spirit guardians. They fly to a distance of 15 feet all around. They twinkle with like a, a black starlight mm. and she begins to run up the mezzanine ramps as well. Crowen, it is a back to you. 
So you described earlier that there were the double doors on the mez, and then there mm-hmm. were double doors directly below them. Correct. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going for those doors, the below doors. Very cool. Smart play. And All right. You as, get 60 I, feet? as I go, I'm going to snatch up one of the masks from one of the monks. Nice. Oh, you could, yeah. You could get the mask from the monk that fell off the right-hand side. Yes. Tight. And then I'm going to put it on, and then my cloak that I got. Mm-hmm. Can I operate that thing? You don't exactly know how to operate it, but you can well, certainly try. I wish that I was dressed just like the monk whose mask I stole. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and as you wish, you wish you may, you wish you might, roll an arcana check tonight. <laughs> nice. 12. You begin to try and, and activate this cloak's abilities as hard as you can, but you look down and your clothes, unfortunately, are still the same. Well, I'm just going to wing it with this mask. <gasps> and then I, oh. um, nice. I keep running to those doors. Excellent. And I shrink down in size to the size of that monk. Ooh, a little bit cool. smaller. I don't know how small Gevlinian was, but that's my size now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a shorty for sure. If you want to make it the full 90 feet, that for that last 30 feet where you got to use your action to dash, roll that con save, baby. I'm actually using my action to change form. Oh, cool. Then you are 60 feet, only 30 feet from the double doors. So I only need to use it in order to... When you use dash. an action. Well, it is an action to change my form. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Okay, you're right. So even though I beat it last time, I still got to beat it again, eh? You got to beat it every turn there is inclement weather. This scar sucks. Yeah, just beat it. 13. You try to transform. Did you add your d4? 15. You (laughs) try to transform. Your scar burns really badly, and it starts to even pop through your Chevin look. But then you you focus and concentrate, and you suck it back in, and you grow a little shorter. (laughs) And then are still Chevin. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, And you make yourself look like um, the monk in every way, physically, not clothes-wise. Perfect. Galavin, it is your turn. What do you do? I will follow Crobin into those double doors. Uh, if I can sprint with Rondri in my hands, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to say Rondri is so. Your strength is what? A 10? An 11? A 12? Somewhere uh, there, right? 11. Okay, okay. Just because Rondri has a lot of gadgets and stuff on him, I'm yeah. going to say you can roll a strength check with advantage. Because uh, he's facing me. Because he's facing you, it's exactly. It's, a really, it's so easy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so strength check with advantage. A little koala. To run with Rondri. That is a 18. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. And it's, but you are fueled by adrenaline and everything at this point, yeah. too. You, poof, you bust ass across that room. Bust ass. Also, I want to... Also, I'll bring my uh, like whistle and my little uh, moon will follow me as much as it can. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And that's all. That's all cool. I got. That's you my action. You basically dash. catch up to Groban, 60 feet in. Cool. Rondri. Yeah, this is a good chance to fall out of Galavan's hold, and then I'm going to crawl across the floor. Okay. You don't have to crawl. I mean, oh, you I just you move it. Okay. Because <laughs> your walking speed is halved, basically. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's. I guess that's the same as if you crawl. Yeah, okay. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I love the flavor of you crawling, so that's, that's fucking great. You crawl across the floor. Pretty fast though, still for six seconds. You're like a little. I, and, and I'm weird dashing. Gremlin. I'm doing a dash crawl. 
Ooh, a dash crawl. So what is that? What, so I move my full 25 feet. <laughs> you, me, you crawl all the way up to the door. You're right in front of the I'm door. I'm like five feet away from it. <laughs> While I'm doing that, I'm reloading the Thunder Cannon in its bonus action. Ooh, the old crawl and reload. I love it. <laughs> Excellent. You all hear booming from behind the door as you are all even closer to it now. Booming from behind the door, you hear the Hierophant's voice call out one, once more as he continues the chant. Lo, powerful is the pious Seiya to rend the mighty mystery. In dark uncertain all we wait, the common doom to die we see. Do I and there have is a better like, chance of knowing what it is? Now that uh, I know. yeah, R roll again with advantage now. Yeah. That's a 21. Yeah, with a 21, you are like, you're, as you're crawling and reloading your gun, as you army crawl across the floor, you're like, what is he saying? What are these words? I know I've heard these words before. And then you're like, oh my gosh, that's right. The book, the book describes the ritual of the raven. The ritual that the worshippers of Vale enact to turn themselves into these where raveny creatures. That's what he's doing. And you think from the glow coming from behind the double doors, there is a bright purple glow through the cracks, the few cracks in the door. You think that it just finished. Uh, guys, we're gonna have some trouble. The Oracle teleports uh, and begins walking alongside all of you. By walking, I mean like running pretty much. Uh, he, actually, he doesn't run. The crows just like pick him up and fly him awesome. uh, whenever mm -hmm. he needs to move. Nice. Um, so he has flown in your direction. Next is Whiskers. I picture as we're kind of, is he with me or is he down there with them? He's flying through the air. He's gonna meet you at the top Sick. on the mezzanine doors. So as I'm yeah. running like next to him, I'm like, uh, Oracle, hey, what's up? Nice to see you again, man. So good to see you. He, so he's actually going down the gunnel, but he's flying up because the crows are lifting him up. But you guys are like going up at the same time. So he sees you and he's like, hey there, how's it going? Super chill, man. Super chill. How you doing, brother? Oh, you know, <laughs> just hanging in there. How's the air up there? I'm like, oh, it is crisp and it smells like revenge. Well, I smell justice, baby. And I'm going to kick the door open. <laughs> You kick in the door, Whiskers, revealing another grand circular room. As you step through into the room, which I'm guessing you're doing to get a better look, uh -huh. you have unveiled before you another grand circular room about the same 90 feet in diameter. You are at the top of the mezzanine, about 30 feet up, with handrails in front of you that lead to ramps on the side, very similar to the room you just came from, that extend down to the first floor. The only difference, or one of the main differences, though, in this one is that there are also ramps that lead from this mezzanine up to higher mezzanines that oh overlook this central room, all of them. And it, it just goes up and up and up, it looks like. And as you look up, you see your eye is taken as a revolving brass ring, maybe about three feet around, comes revolving. It takes up almost the entirety of the upward space of this room, extending upwards. Magically floating in the space high above this chamber, disappearing out of sight, it goes up so high, is a colossal brass orrery, a complex clockwork model used to show the differing motions and states of celestial bodies. It is revolving at a glacial pace in complete silence, exuding an air of majesty and otherworldliness figuratively and literally. 
Meanwhile, oh, sorry. Yeah, what's up, Roderick? If the room is unveiled, does that mean the Hierophant doesn't have any powers here? That was a terrible joke, and you should feel bad about yourself. Nice. In the I like center it. of the room, I think it should be true. It's not true. In the center of the room, on the lower level, you see six ornate, if time-worn, black and white marble columns that extend up all the way to the next levels. The columns have been marked with runes, and in the middle of the columns, down below you, there are many monks, about a dozen, that are wearing robes, and they are moving in eerily slow, bird-like movements, like a coordinated ritualistic dance. They do this while wading in about a foot of blackish, black brackish water. And they seem to have been moving towards each other. And right as you enter, they begin to start touching and melding into each other. And on the back wall of this lower floor is a raised, a raised stage that goes up five feet, behind which is another large stained glass window, this one depicting an all-seeing eye. But atop this stage stands Orion the Hierophant, gesturing wildly with a warped wand, sopping wet as dark, foul water seems to pour from his robes. And... As you step through the doorway, Javelin lunges out from the darkness and strikes at you, Whiskers, with a 20, a dirty 2D to hit. Dirty 2D hits. He is going to get you there. Six slashing damage as he rakes you across your neck, and then he is going to attempt to grapple you. He gets two actions? He, as a monk, gets to make a monk maneuver, and one of his monk's maneuvers is a, right. is a grapple. So roll an acrobatics or an athletics check. 14. Okay, he got an eight. So he lunges at you with these claws and you, uh, did you roll athletics or acrobatics? Athletics. Cool, you like bash him off of you, sending him kind of stumbling back a bit. How high up are we? You are 30 feet. Yeah. Uh, in both directions. Then as my action, can I just finish the shove and shove him off? Uh, yes, you can, because he is up against the handrails at yeah. this point. So if you shove him off over the handrails, definitely, he <laughs> will fall. Yeah, that's what and I want. That will hurt. Nice. Cool. Throw that guy like a javelin. Another oh no! <laughs> Another fourteen. Yeah, he got an eleven. Good. So whiskers, you just you bash him off, and then I imagine I don't know how are you shoving him. I just he was like thing? tries to grapple me. I push him off and just kind of like touch him with two of my fingers, like gently, kind of just boink, off the nice. edge. Amazing. Nice. He's doing yes. one of those. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And I just like <laughs> touch his forehead. <laughs> and as you do that, whoa, and as as I touch his forehead, I say sorry. I say. Peace be with you. <laughs> you. You like touch the tip of his long crow mask yeah. nose and send him woof, 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 sending woof, woof, back flipping up over the edge. He actually lands right in the middle of the monks who are like doing this horrible uh, amalgamation. Orgy, yeah, it's not an orgy, David. <laughs> it's They're, a melding super in. orgy. They're melding it's into super each orgy. other. <laughs> They're melding into each other's bodies. This monk falls into the middle and gets melded in with them. And yeah. you hear as he gets absorbed into their gross collection of bodies. And whiskers orgy. as... <laughs> I know, I've admitted to it. <laughs> and as you step forward, Whiskers, you see this amalgamation form into this horrible creature in front of you. Truly an avian monstrosity. A mass of wings, beaks, and black feathers, and eyeballs. So many eyeballs. All of them milked over and crusty, with one massive bulging eyeball in the center of its forehead, that it then slowly revolves and turns and locks its opaque milkiness on you. And a massive beak that sits below it, 
with jagged edges, opens its gaping maw and lets out an ear-splitting screech right at you. The one freak to rule them all. <laughs> That's where we'll call it. Dang. Wow. Hello. Sorry, didn't mean to copy your catchphrase. Eyeball monster. That's all right, man. Dang is open to all parties, especially <laughs> friends. Wow. Oracle's back. Pen's alive. Eyeball monster. We gave Silk Pen underwear. to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I trust Virgo. I do trust Virgo. Why did we do I that? Do I do too. Yeah. I don't know uh, why. So... <laughs> I just decided to. History always repeats itself. It's a, it's a common theme. Gotta learn from your... No, I'm just kidding. You guys are fine. Um, I'm sure everything will be fine with Virgo. Um, I mean, one way or another, it's Pen true. brought it's true. this all on herself. <laughs> oh, that's more true than anything. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you all very much for listening. We love you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, help us out. If you would be so kind, please subscribe. Please rate. Please review our podcast. It helps us reach new people. And if you write a review for us, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. And complete the Tell Two Friends Challenge and we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> and we might name a character in the world after you. Wow. Oh my God. You might be like, not like any of the characters that we named today, Javelin, Revan, <laughs> and Prongo, but you will be a character as cool, if not cooler. That's the Jamie guarantee. Uh, Krampa, it's hard Krampa. To top as cool as Krampa. Yeah, yeah Krampa was. Yeah, that was great. That was. Yeah, you might not be as cool as Krampa, but that's just because that's the best name ever. So please help us out. That we really appreciate it. And if you are super kind and super generous, and you feel like really helping us out, we have a tip jar that you can find in the description for this episode or on any of our social media pages. It is a website, Kofi ko-fi.com/mqbd. Please. Uh, you can send us any amount of money, um, and every little bit helps because uh, we're an independent podcast. So it's all coming from us, baby. Uh oh. Speaking of coming for us, <laughs> oh. it's an orgy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. You rascal. Lovers and listeners, our song is dead. If you make music, please I don't like send it when us. You say that. Yeah, I don't like when you say that either. Okay, well then I'll say it again. <laughs> Lovers and listeners. No, the song is dead part. Oh yeah, no, it is a sad, okay. Our, our song is dead, it's sad. It's um, on hiatus. It's on yeah. hiatus. It's alive That's, in all yeah. of us. Plus guys, it's right now, the COVID pandemic just ended. Well. Or is about <laughs> to end. We're gonna be <laughs> hanging out soon and recording again soon. So you know what? Jamie was gonna say, make a song because we need it, but you know what? We don't need it. By we now, it. we're singing songs again. Yep. And we've gone back and we've recorded one for every episode and we put them all back on the old episodes. But just in right? case, <laughs> please <laughs> just your just interpretation in of a Magic Quest Boys song. Yeah. Under a minute, please. We would love you so much. Um, and we would love to share your art. I mean, so, if we get a bunch, we might as well just do them anyways because we love our fans. Yeah, absolutely. That's the David Gironda guarantee. Oh, no, you don't want that. Okay, that's uh, yeah, we'll, we'll that. <laughs> pending, pending. Guys, we have a shout out. Speaking of shouting out our amazing, awesome fans, uh, we are going to shout out one right this very moment. This was a very unique shout out because it happened very recently. And it was somebody, uh, a friend of mine, he actually shouted out on um, Instagram. Oh, sorry. I say he's a friend, and he is a friend, but I've actually never met this friend in real life. This That's is so Darken Vale, a.k.a. Jeff. Darken Vale shouted us out on Instagram. He actually 
on one of my personal Instagram posts, he commented and was like, hey, I know this is uh, totally random because it's not pertaining to the picture at all, but um, when is MQBD coming back? Because you guys have been on hiatus a long time and I really want to listen to episodes. Uh, <laughs> and nice. I was like so happy to read that. I, don't, I was like, dude, I don't give a shit how random this is. Thank you for uh, just like popping by to ask. I love the name Darken Vale and then his real name is Jeff, if that's a character in yeah. D&D. That's <laughs> awesome to me. It's, it's yeah. so good. Um, I mean, needless to say, I feel like the character's got to be. If I put him in, if I put a Dark and Vale into the game, it's got to be like, the same deal. My where, name like, is Dark and like, Vale. Dark and Vale. You go with Jeff. And his, his hey, mom's exactly. mom's like, Jeff, <laughs> yeah. Jeff, you want a sandwich? He's like, shut up, mom. Oh, Kim. Yeah, exactly. Um, So thank you very much. You made my day. You are amazing. Uh, Also, thank you very much to Eric DeLong for writing the music. Thank you very much, Sarah Pohl, for editing this podcast that you are listening to. Thank Thank you you to Walt Whitman for allowing me to parody his poem, Time to Come, for (laughs) Orion's uh, chant (laughs) that I used for the ritual. Um, now that's the code word. I didn't even realize until right now exactly how naughty that sounds. Ooh, oh, uh, damn Whitman, you naughty boy. Guys, if you want to ask us questions <laughs> and or talk to us, <laughs> Jesus, um, you can do it at Magic Quest Boys on Twitter and Insta- Instagram because um, we are all stars and use our hashtag MQBD. Thank you all for listening. Please tune in next week to find out what happens next with the Spire of the Whispering Wind. Orgy. It's probably an orgy. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Do you like bad movies? Well, tarry no further, my friends. Starring Emma Roberts is a new podcast where seven friends write seven different parts of a script to write one movie. The twist is that the writer can only see the section before theirs. This makes for an unforgettable movie experience. Our three-part Christmas special is out December 14th, wherever you listen to podcasts, with more scripts to come in the next couple months. Follow us at Starring Emma Roberts on Instagram and Starring Emma Rob on Twitter for updates and more side splitters.